Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Lion Trust Multi Asset Podcast. I'm James Smith, and with me as ever is our head of multi asset, John Hosselby. Hi, yep. John. All right. Um, with both our teams having lost in the Champions League this week, I think we're going to move. Well, some teams have lost more heavily than others. James. We're going to move straight on from football and get straight into the investment. Um, we're going to be talking about value and growth today. Uh, they're probably the most commonly used and, and often misunderstood terms, investment styles when it comes to uh, when it comes to investing. Um, John, you, you, you talk a lot about uh, that ultimately you believe consistency of fund performance is impossible over every time period, but consistency of style of, of process is, is vital when it comes to your online managers. Can you explain exactly what you mean by that and, and how it's evident across your portfolios, perhaps referring to how you mix and match value and growth funds? Yeah, I don't, uh, straight away, yeah, I don't believe in consistency of performance. I do believe in consistency of style and approach. We have a sort of a rule of thumb between Paul and I, and it's sort of, I sort of called it the six out of 10 rule. And uh, if you look at active management, when we talk about active management, I think, you know, to get outsized returns, you know, we have a belief that that's something you have to be patient for. It's something you have to look at over at least a seven, 10 year period. The reason why we blend in sort of passive funds is because there is a belief that, you know, if you want short to medium term adequate returns, then trackers will do their job. You just got to make sure that whatever you're tracking, you know, the fund that you choose is suitable for that. And uh, you can find one which is available because that's not always the case. So six out of 10, what does that mean? So if you take, you know, just sort of let's use a sort of approximation. If you took 10 calendar years, then what we're saying is to be a successful active manager in a peer group, uh, whether you're UK equities or, uh, you know, Europe or Japan, then, you know, you want to be outperforming six out of those 10, 10 years. And that six out of 10 years is basically a, a rule of thumb that you can use not only for fund management and funds, but you can start using that in sports uh, as well. And, uh, you know, I was just looking actually at the league tables where, you know, sort of talking football from time to time. And it seems to me that if you win 60% of your games in a season, then you finish top four. So 22 games out of 38 in the Premier League will give you top four, give you Champions League. We've looked at tennis. We did it with Roger Federer when he was, I know he's world's number one again, I think, but, you know, particularly in his sort of, uh, you know, younger days. And he'd win 60% of his of his matches and uh, be uh, the, the top of his game. I, uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton, another one. So you can apply that. The trouble is, or the challenge is, uh, you know, six out of 10, you know, uh, when the six are going to come along and when the, the four are going to come along. When we're looking at managers, as you know, we have this sort of acronym of SPURS, uh, where we're looking for managers that sort of have uh, the following attributes, which is one about stamina. In other words, that's the patience coming in. Process is important. And we're talking about consistency of performance here anyway. Understanding, that's how uh, um, you in, in Spurs, that's all about knowledge. That's uh, about experience and, uh, you know, gaining uh, from, from or learning, I should say, from mistakes. Resoluteness, basically, you know, getting some conviction and stimulus. And the stimulus really means the reward. And, uh, you know, uh, everyone wants an incentive for doing well. Um, in fund management, I mean, perhaps a topic we can return to at a, a later date. It's not necessarily a financial reward for, for a lot of these people. So essentially, I think that, you know, it's about consistency uh, of style approach, not consistency of performance. We're looking for managers that can give us that consistency, 
They can give us that sort of clarity in their approach. They tend to be contrarian. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, they have that conviction and in many cases, uh, you know, concentration in their portfolio. Okay, so and, and I guess that, that um, consistency of approach when it comes to a value manager or a growth manager, if, if, you, if you, bought, you, you buy managers to fill a certain role in portfolios, you buy a value manager to fill one role and a growth manager another, if there's any kind of change in those approaches, that can present problems for you because you're buying funds to fill particular holes in your portfolio holes is the wrong one particular roles yeah, positions in your, yeah. Yeah, in, your, yeah. in your portfolio we can we can use football analogy again here of course you know we're looking to put a team together a balanced team together so yeah you know essentially we're, we're looking for defenders and we're looking for midfield and we're looking for forwards but equally you know we're looking for those players who are perhaps good with their right foot and they're good with the left foot and you know uh, to to use the wings on either side and yeah you know we know that uh, in terms of uh, the way that uh, managers put uh, you know teams together you know occasionally they have to you know make do and you know you get a left winger playing on the right and you know it doesn't tend to work so fund management is the same you know we're looking for diversification right across the portfolio so you know we're looking for risk adjusted returns at the end of the day uh, as you know we think more about the downside than we think about the upside and diversification helps with that so yeah we're looking for value managers growth managers but we're also uh, looking at market cap as well James while we're talking about it uh, which is obviously large cap versus small cap and um, you know we're making sure once again that our managers effectively stay in their position uh, uh, in terms of their investment style approach which then allows us you know to tilt portfolios so you know I'd rather have a portfolio of cheap stocks than uh, expensive stocks um, so you know it allows us to tilt it in the full knowledge uh, that these managers uh, have uh, uh, you know, have a consistency of, of approach. Coming on to utility in your portfolio, you made a, an early shift into into value last year. Uh, there was a lot, there's been a lot of talk uh, across the press and, and among other groups about value versus growth. You made an early shift into value. Can you tell us why you decided to move into value and, and how that's worked out for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, how it's worked out, you know, um, aside from the fourth quarter uh, last year, effectively, you know, to date, uh, we would have been better off remaining sort of uh, with with a growth tilt. But it is a tilt, and I think that's important. You know, we're not going in a hundred percent one way or the other. It's not a pendulum here. You know, it is a tilt. So we're sixty percent in value, and uh, and indeed, since we did that, sort of, well, December two thousand seventeen, January February last year as well. You know, we've we've had some opportunities to to re rebalance that. So uh, the fourth quarter was was a good quarter for that for that uh, strategy for that tactic in the portfolio value tends to have some defensive attributes to it plus because everyone's holding growth stocks you know when markets sell off you know uh, if you've got no value there's no there's no value stocks uh, to sell to sell off some of the performance i have to say in terms of portfolio has been a little bit blurred by that other characteristic of investment style which has been large cap versus small caps because small caps particularly in the fourth quarter last year sold off quite quite heavily so you know um, it's probably more like small cap value uh, that has sort of suffered over the last 12 to 15 months but there's a turnaround and you know um you know i think there are reasons uh, for value to perform as we go forward what about what your what your underlying fund managers are saying? I mean, uh, uh, what what are you hearing back from them? And are you, you're you're still confident in the 
in in the value bias you've got on the on the portfolios at the moment yeah sure i mean you know um the the, the Growth stocks certainly have been helped by QE and that, you know, post the global financial crisis, the amount of uh, monetary easing which ended up with QE has certainly supported growth stocks. That now is beginning to reverse. And as you know, my view on that is, you know, it's a little bit like taking a teaspoon and trying to empty out the Atlantic Ocean. It's going to take a very long time. But it's the direction of travel. Typically speaking, and we saw this um in the last time that growth stocks uh, uh, outperformed, typically speaking, value managers tend to do well in periods where we see tightening of interest rates and, in, and, uh, and uh, inflation increasing. The last period where value uh, basically performed well uh, for a sustained period was post the, uh, the tech boom bust, you know, 2001, 2002. We had that period I think it's about four or five years where, where value out, outperformed in a such a period where we basically had you know interest rate rising and inflation. There is some, some pressure on inflation today. It's not you know it's not to, you know not roaring away, but there's some wage inflation. There's inflation that may come from you know uh, the trade talks between uh, the U.S. and China. However, what's really driven the growth trade has been tech and technology yeah. stocks, particularly in the US. And, uh, you know, we're going to do a, a chart of the month on that when we're going to look at tech stocks and we're going to compare that to the late 90s as well. But, you know, you can see the, and it's not millions, it's actually billions that get wiped off of tech stocks when you see bad news. I mean, you know, these growth stocks are dependent upon the pace of earnings. You know, they uh, set the bar quite high. If they fail to hit the bar, then the market really damages them. And, you know, Alphabet at the end, uh, which is Google, which at the end of April came along and disappointed uh, in terms of uh, their numbers. Basically, you saw 70 billion $70 billion wiped off of the share price or the market cap of Alphabet in one day, you know, and that a knock effect on, onto the rest of the, the fangs as well. So, you know, um, it, there's, there is a, a high degree of risk in terms of those growth stocks, which is one of the reasons why we sold down um, the, the US small cap, or we didn't sell it down, well, we did reduce it slightly, but we then switched it into a more sort of pragmatic fund on the basis of, you know, one day, you know, uh, the share price, uh, can be a hundred dollars, and the next day it could be ninety dollars, and you know we don't need to take that sort of sort of risk in the portfolio. So on those fang names, it's you've, you've mentioned uh, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix. You you think it's it's worth people should, should should look at those with some caution. They've obviously been integral to the to the U.S. market ascent over the last couple of years. You think it's worth yeah, looking you, at them with a little bit of caution? Yeah, if you've had those names, great. You've made a lot of money. But it's just a case of, you know, well, you know, I'm not saying sell out of them. It's not the type of call that I would make, nor nor would I feel that confident enough to do that. But I just feel that, you know, when you're building portfolios, you're better off looking for value in your portfolios. And, you know, I think by all accounts, those things look fairly expensive. They've got the momentum behind them. But I'm just pointing out you know, the dangers of, you know, if they fail to hit investors' expectations, then we're going to see, you know, those things reverse. And they reversed quite heavily in the fourth quarter, which gave value uh, a period of outperformance. Out and, you know, to some extent, 
uh, you know, was it value outperforming in the fourth quarter or was it just growth underperforming? And uh, I know they're the same side of the two coins, but I, I think it was more about growth underperforming as tech stocks got hit and got damaged. Okay, great. Um, sticking with America, you're, you're out of the office next week, John. You're off to the Morningstar annual conference in, uh, in Chicago. I'm sure we'll be, uh, we'll be talking about it in future podcasts. But um, to finish off, could you just give us an idea of why, why, you, go, why you go to that kind of event and what, what you're expecting to, to get out of it next week? Yeah, I mean, I try to go to the US on an annual basis. I mean, I think when it comes to mutual funds and investing in a whole, you know, I I often feel that, uh, you know, they are a a few years ahead in that respect. It's, you know, obviously one of the largest mutual fund markets in the world as well. I go to the Morningstar Conference. It's a couple of thousand, perhaps more delegates there uh, in in the US. And Chicago is there, is obviously their their headquarters. Um, Not only do they have a couple of thousand delegates, they have two or three hundred investment groups uh, there as well. And uh, the lineup and the agenda over a three-day period is phenomenal. In years gone by, Bill Gross has done the keynote speak. Last year was Jeremy Grantham. You have authors there. So uh, you had Michael Lewis, you know, um, uh, Moneyball, Moneyball and yeah, uh, yeah. Big Short and things like that. Last year, uh, Danny Kyman, uh, uh, that thinking fast, thinking slow type thing. This year, uh, one, of their, uh, one of the keynotes is from a lady who's an historian, and she's talking all about presidential elections of... Uh, 150 years and onwards so you get some really good keynote speakers there you get some good ideas and i just think a week in an environment uh you know an investment environment a bit of thinking i always come back with some ideas you know we 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 uh we, we normally write about those ideas and so yeah i'm really uh, as you can see i'm, I'm quite uh, uh enthusiastic about going and quite excited because it it always sort of throws up some things as well it's also a chance to go to a baseball game so uh um i've never been to one before so uh i think that's the chicago cubs but i always get these things wrong so uh, after last week's uh, disaster or last podcast disaster with the bears and the balls but i'm pretty sure it's the cubs Fair enough. I guess we'll be hearing about that next time. Um, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks, Deva, for your for your Thank time, you. John. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.